Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law, and with me, as always, is my colleague, Ellie Mistal. War! Mm. Good God, y'all, what is it good for? Absolutely! Yes. Um, no, not yes, nothing. Nothing is the is your line there. Yeah. Um, I well, threw I'm, it to you for the nothing. Right. Who sang that song? Uh, I actually don't know. Yeah, well, it might have been me. You know, let's keep it. Let, <laughs> let, let's keep it with the original, which I... Um, God, you know, it's I used to, right? How do we not know this? I used to, frankly, I knew until this very moment. <laughs> now I'm like, I don't remember. My rendition who. was so good that it threw you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, anyway. Google it. Well, let's not do that because we have <laughs> um, Edwin Starr. Uh, thankfully, we have a producer as an answer. So there we go. <laughs> um, thank you. So, uh, yeah. So we're here. Um, on this lovely day in uh, spring in New York. has sprung in New York for us. Yeah, it which has is very nice. But the real issue that we're going to talk about most of the day today here are law school decisions. Last episode, for those who were listening, we talked about our law school decisions, and we asked our listeners and above the law readers generally to send in what questions they're going through if they're in the process of deciding on a law school now to give us their little scenarios and ask if we can help. And we got a ton, ton of responses, which thank you so much, everybody. I think I've written everybody back who sent in one at this point, or we did uh, we did a few articles about them on the site. So we may not be able to get to everything, but I've at least responded to everybody. Uh, thank you so much for the outpouring of help. This is great. Uh, we'll have to do more of these, like sending questions. Before we answer anybody, though, I just wanted to, to actually grind my gears on, on the news of, of the day and our times at this point. Which okay. is that we now apparently engage in bombing runs solely to help flagging poll numbers. I, I, I mean, I don't think that's particularly. You don't think that's true. You don't. You don't think new that the I mean, reason we, we made a movie about it in the late nineties. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a well known phenomenon. Oh, I don't so think saying, this is different. You're saying you don't think it's new. You yeah. think it's always been okay for the president to. Okay. Bomb other countries just because their poll numbers are bad. Okay, no, but that it's happened. Yes, there's nothing unique about what has happened. Is what I'm saying. I don't think it's good, but there's nothing like there's no. It would be ridiculous and disingenuous to have outrage over this at this point because it has been going on for twenty plus years. I think what's happening is quite unique, and I think one of the real dangers here is that perhaps other presidents have had similar thought processes, but none of them have been spoiled children with it. What right now we have a narcissist in office, and so when you bomb Syria, and then all the rest of the media is just like, oh my god, that was so presidential, and the poll numbers jump, then all that's going to encourage him, who is desperate for attention and and compliments. All that's going to encourage him to do is to bomb more people, oh, yeah. which is what we just saw today. Yeah, um, I mean, I we're think that's recording true. this um, after we we uh, right. I, I think that's Moabed true. Afghanistan. Right. I think that's true. Sure. How and you're? What, I'm 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 confused as to your blase nature about this. Is it uh, just because you're not Afghani? Is that just why you don't? No, uh, no. My my. Are you Afghani? No. My issue with it here is that I think one of the more dangerous media tropes has been this ironic um, 
anti-normalization. Uh, this idea that these acts that are happening now are somehow exceptional from the mainstream. The actual problem is that this has been the mainstream for a long time. And this attempt to make this exceptional, I think, is degrading and demeaning to the whole process. But that is not really why I really don't care about this, because I have a bunch of law school things that I need to get through. Um, you know, the actual show. We have 11 of them to go through. We're not going to go through 11, are we? I got 11 top ones that I was going to try to get through, so we're, that's why we need to... Can we negotiate down to nine? We're going to see. We're going to see what we do. I mean, maybe they're really easy. I'm, you well, yeah, you're right. Well, I'll filibuster if I have to, but you're right. right. They might be easy. First one. First one. Let's go. First one, I think it's the fun one. Uh, when we got it, we were like, oh, amazing. Uh, we have an athlete in our midst. Uh, we have a former college Division One athlete who's currently playing professional soccer in New Zealand who is considering going to law school. So, Don't. Yeah, well, so it's reached the point. We're ready to move on from professional sports. Scores weren't great on the test, but that was largely because he had to move mid-study period to New Zealand, which is kind of a thing. Looking at options, Boston College, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. Yeah, so he's looking at those. So the Jesuit schools, and where else? Well, no, Notre Dame. Uh, Notre, Notre Dame's Dame. not Jesuit. It's just Catholic, I believe. But Boston College, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. Wisconsin. Those are what we're looking at. Interest in sports law, so interested in whether or not going to a place with LLMs in sports is uh, something he should be targeting, and uh, also interested in maybe maybe just retake the test. Right. So uh, first things first, I think because of his uh, uh, current profession and general desires, this is a great time to say sports law doesn't really exist, right? Like you don't go to law school for sports law any more than you go to law school for entertainment law. You go to law school and you learn Contracts. Yep. And contracts then become a big part of what you're going to do in your sports law, entertainment law, fun-sounding law practice, right? Anytime your client is a famous person, what they need is a contracts lawyer, and that is – well, <laughs> they need a contracts lawyer or, or a criminal, criminal defense, defense lawyer. lawyer. Um, and that's what you're going to learn in, in law school. Yeah. So, so don't worry about the speciality. This is my take on it too. I think if listeners are new to the show, you can go back and I think it's like episode two of this show even. We talked about in the context of entertainment law how the actual key is not to be an entertainment lawyer, it's to be a good lawyer. And then you will get into the niche after the fact. Here, I think the only advantage to an LLM program is not getting the LLM because those are not really all that valuable. What would be valuable to it and barely would be if they have a strong sports practice like that, there may be people with professional contacts. Uh, that might be a value, but frankly, just become a good lawyer and you'll be fine. I think, though, that the real key here is if you honestly believe that you could do better on the test had you had the proper time to study for it, go be study for it. This is a major investment. You're mortgaging a lot on this decision. Even if you don't pay money, it's a major investment of time and professional uh, work. So you should put yourself in the best position before you do it. I mean, it, it sounds, like, and, I, and I don't remember exactly the specifics here, but it sounds to me a little bit like he took the test while he was still playing professional soccer. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps stop playing professional soccer for a couple of months, really put your back into the test, and then see what kind of scores you have. Agreed. So, case study two. Uh, this person is looking, is actually waitlisted at a bunch of schools now. So, they may not get in, but they are waitlisted and they have some sense of the financial aid packages they're going to get. So, they're kind of interested in how one would evaluate 
these. Uh, and I believe, yeah, actually this person in particular is interested in going into patent law and on the East Coast long term. So UT Austin with a $90,000 scholarship, Vandy with a $90,000 scholarship, UCLA with about 50000 and Washington University St. Louis with about 150000 um, first of all, congratulations to UT Austin. <laughs> <laughs> now in the T14. Exactly. Uh, it was 90 from, from, from the good one, from Austin and, Van, uh, and Vandy. Vandy, and, but more from UCLA, right? Less from UCLA less from and UCLA. more from Washington. Yeah. Um, Washington's out. Um, okay. I think Washington's still a good school, but I think that if you're trying to go to the East Coast, you probably have yeah, and 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 not with not insignificant amount of money as well, right? So, you know, UT Austin at full price versus Washington at, with 150, that's something. Mm-hmm. But with the difference being relatively, with the differences being within the ballpark, yeah, um, I think we can drop Washington and focus on on the schools with more of a national national pull. Um, now, if you're really hell bent on going to the East Coast. I would say that both UCLA and Texas are not exactly not not stretches exactly. They do have national pull. You will see people on the East Coast um, who have degrees from from either of those schools. But Vanderbilt's kind of your 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 yeah. your better bet actually. And, you know, without having too much New York bias, maybe not for New York. None of those three schools are, are particularly great in New York. But the East Coast is pretty long, and Vanderbilt's on it yeah. um, in a way that Texas and UCLA certainly are not. I mean, I, it, as I I know people who are big law attorneys in New York who went to Vandy. Uh, I think that's probably the right answer for the same reasons you did. That said. You're not going wrong. If you get off the wait list at any of these schools, you're fine. You can find your way to New York. It's just, or D.C., you're just probably best off. Or Philly. Maybe he wants to be a patent lawyer in Philly. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's... There are people who like cheesesteaks. Well, well, I mean, Philly-wise, as we discussed when we talked about Philly, is more of a, you know, bio-industry. This is actually an electrical engineer, but still. Uh, But yeah, I think it's Vandy. So, three, also, uh, wow, also somebody who wants to do... IP in New York, but more of an entertainment IP focus. So, like, he wants to like represent Lin Manuel Miranda or something. Like. Hey, well, we'll see. Here's an interesting one: Notre Dame with a twenty-two thousand a year scholarship, Howard with a twenty thousand a year scholarship. Howard costs less. That's also noted. So drastically less. Yeah. So you're even though it doesn't sound like it, you are. Saving a lot of money at Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Howard outperforms on professional, uh, you know, professional contacts. So yeah. Like it, it does, it does much better at finding. Not that it's look, you're going to Howard does not mean you're going to you know Harvard, but it does much better at finding its graduates' jobs than you would expect based on its ranking. Yeah, because I think one of the things that that Howard has going for it in a way that that some other schools, certainly other schools, similarly ranked to Howard. Mm-hmm. And then I think even schools kind of ranked significantly higher than Howard. Howard has a history and a reputation of taking care of its own. It's somewhat easier to go kind of into a Howard law grad's office and be like, hi, I went to Howard too. Take me out for coffee. Take me out for lunch. Tell me you know, what you can tell me in a way that doesn't happen in quite the same way um, at some of the other schools that are even ranked uh, much higher than Howard. Um, that said, to go to Howard versus Notre Dame, you're really taking – you're putting your money where your mouth is, right? Like you, yeah. you, you are taking a huge hit in the established, accepted, yada 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 rankings. 
Um, this is one of the few, and having just earlier said, like, don't go for the specialty. To the extent that this is what you want to work in, entertainment law, right? Mm -hmm. You are going to be helped more by kind of strong alumni connections than you will with necessarily just straight U.S. news power rankings, right? So, like, if there's a Howard alum who's kind of out there doing the practice that you're that you're talking about, that might have some bang for your buck. Yeah. I agree. I think that this is a very, very, very tough one. I can go either way. I think I probably lean Howard, but it's it's real tight. And I could I would not fault anybody for going the other way. In a related one, case study four, American University, and they are very drawn to the clinical program being so highly ranked. We'll get there. Yeah, the the clinical program. Um, that said, the cost of living in DC proper is a lot. Meanwhile, Howard is the other option, which, you know, while in the same area, is cheaper to live at. So they're concerned about how there's not many clinics and so on at Howard. Yeah. I mean, clinics are just, they're not, and they're, they're better than sitting in law school class. I'll give you that. Like, the clinics are more fun. They're more interesting. You kind of feel like you're learning by doing and blah, 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 blah right? But it's not like... A, it's not like going to clinics is going to make you magically better able to pass the bar, right? The bar involves kind of sitting in a room and studying, not like being out there with the people, right? And the only thing that law school, especially when you're talking at the level that we're talking about, the thing that law school is good for is helping you pass the goddamn bar, right? Once you pass the bar, you have to actually go out and practice. And no matter where you are, so much of your practice, you have to learn on the job because the intricacies of your particular practice are likely to be completely different than the intricacies to your clinic. When I was in law school, I didn't do a clinic, but I took some, I, I, I had a dalliance, right, um, with uh, some, a dalliance, yeah, with a battered women's group. So I kind of did some, you know, in law school, had threw it, you know, right. filed right. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Uh, not filed, like, you know, collated some papers right. for a battered women's group, right? And I thought I was getting great experience there. And then I actually, when I was in the firm, like I did my pro bono with the same battered women's group. The law school experience had almost nothing to do with the actual experience of working for them pro bono, which then itself had almost nothing to do with my actual practice, right? Yeah. So I, I just, I'm not saying that clinics are bad. They're, they're actually... You could make an argument to me that I would probably agree with that if we're going to have a third year of law school, it should all be clinics. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just I struggle to see how a strong clinical program is really something that needs to be a that should be a weighted factor, a deciding factor um, in your law school decision. Agreed. It should not be at all. I would say. <laughs> I, and I like I like clinics. And I think they're very valuable. They are nice toppings on your cake. They are not anything you should make a decision based on because. You're going to learn most of what it takes to actually be a lawyer in the job market, ultimately. It is useful, I've written before, that what's most useful about a clinic is learning what it's like to have a lawyer as a boss. That's kind of useful, because <laughs> that's a thing that's hard to for some people to grasp, and having somebody cough, expect cough. you to make deadlines and what it should look like, that is a useful practice. Having somebody with no social skills expect you to right. make deadlines. <laughs> exactly. So there, there's some value on that front, but do not make a decision based on that. So that's another vote for Yeah, Howard. I think that's another. Yeah, Howard's like coming up roses <laughs> in our, our way of doing this. All right, so five, we have... So we have somebody who's narrowed it down to Tulane and Emory looking for a JD slash Masters of Public Health program from New Orleans, though. So I remember this. 
Yeah, so from New Orleans, so it'd be much cheaper to go to Tulane. But scholarship wise, it's only seven. They're only getting seven thousand dollars more per year at Tulane. So they'll get seven thousand more and not have living expenses versus going to Atlanta and getting seven thousand less and having to pay to live there. I mean, my thoughts on this. I I know people who've been in the Emory JD MPH program, so I have a little bit more of a sense of it. I think that's worth it. If that is really the field that you're interested in going into, it is a much more established program. You have the CDC there, the places where you can work and utilize that good professional context. If that's the industry you want to go into, I think it's worth – I rarely say pay more money, but I think it's worth it, especially when it's such a small gap. I'll make a slight argument here for Tulane, and it's only because – um, the questioner um, is from New Orleans. Right. And so one, there is potentially the, the maybe they want to stay there. You don't know. Right. Like so. So if you wanted to stay in your hometown, um, you'd be better off going to Tulane as opposed to going to Atlanta and then having to come back. But the big reason why, why, why I point out that the person's from New Orleans is that I know I don't know a lot of people from Emory. I know a lot of people from Tulane. And one of the things that happens, they say, is that when you have people from out of state, who try to come to school at Tulane, they just ain't prepared to handle the New Orleans aspect of it <laughs> and kind of end up on fucking, uh, you know, hurricaning themselves um, through wow. college or law school, right? You have to be used to what New Orleans, I think, has to offer um, before you can credibly go to school there. This guy or girl um, apparently has, and so that, that they'll, they'll be able to handle the New Orleans aspect of the Tulane education. Fair enough. So, case six. UConn versus Boston College situation For basketball yeah yeah uh, situation full ride to UConn and could live at home if needed to Boston College about half scholarship estimating that they'd end up with around 150 grand in debt if they went to BC also of note hoping to work in public defender world Connecticut currently has a hiring freeze just as a state but Massachusetts pays too little to their public defenders, so they wouldn't. So they would be willing to go into private practice if they had to. But they're really interested in potentially getting a Connecticut public defender job. I mean, can we just can we just back up for a second? What What do you mean your goal in life is to be a public defender? Some people have like values and morals and stuff. I mean, not us, obviously, <laughs> but there are people. Do they Do they ever want to Do they ever want to eat? Yeah, I mean, so, 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 so there's, you know, I mean, and I know that that sounds like horribly corporatist and, and it capitalist. Does, yeah. But at, when the guy says, oh, but you'd be willing to take a private practice, no SHIT, you'd be willing to take a private practice job. At some point, you're going to be willing to pay some rent too. And that's when the private practice job is going to like become important to you. So the, I, just the thought of going to law school specifically for the goal of being a public defender and nothing more than that. And I'm again, I'm not saying that public defenders are are not doing good, important work. But this is not something that you can, it's very hard to make a living off of that. And it's very few people who would invest three years of their time, education, whatever, um, to do something with the explicit kind of goal of doing something they're not going to be able to make a living off of. I, I, if you're sure, absolutely go to UConn because it at that point it becomes really important to carry as little debt as possible. Money. Yeah, I hear that. I think though that I read the willing to work in private practice slightly differently. I read it as a I'm willing to rather than try and find some other public interest thing, I'm willing to take a couple of years to pay off this debt. Private practice is a bridge to the public defender's office. That's what I that's what I read it as. And so given that I read it that way, I think that 
I think you probably end up going to Boston College because you don't know when that hiring freeze in Connecticut's ever going to go away. So go to BC, get that private job, make that money back, pay off those loans, build a reputation, and and so on there, and then you can always go back and as a more seasoned lawyer, you can make the pitch to a government agency that you're a good choice. As a person who gave up a six-figure salary to make, at least at the start, a public defender salary in my mm-hmm. new career, let me tell you, that's a hard thing to do, and most people can't do it. I mean, I, I disagree. I didn't. My, my wife made it right. so that I didn't have to really do right. it. I disagree. I think there are actually good people who make very little money and therefore help people you make very little money and make dick jokes um and that's that's a calling and one that i share (laughs) however it's possible that good people can make less money let's go to the next one which is bc bu washington and lee and william and mary so basically they get tons more money in virginia than they do in boston obviously boston costs more but also feel as though they could have done better on the test. Where they so, from? Did they say? Uh, they do, but I don't think I put it down in my like shorthand notes here. Look, I mean, if you this is this is an easy call. Where do you want to work? If you want to work in Virginia, in and around Virginia, in the southeast, um, maybe with a shot at DC. Um, you obviously go to the Virginia schools. If you want to work in the Northeast, Boston. Anywhere in New England with maybe a shot in New York, you go to the Boston schools, and it should be honestly as simple as that. And if you can't tell, and this is, this is a point that I've made many times before, if you can't tell if you want to live in Boston or Raleigh, you've got other problems, right? You've got bigger problems in your life. That should be an easy call for you to figure out which of those two very different places you want to live in. Yeah, my sense, and this is a... I'm putting this out there because this is one of my bullet points when it comes to a decision story. Seriously, if you do think, and not just like wishful, but like there's some reason that you feel you could have done better on the test, go take the test again. It's too big of an investment not to. Take it again, see what happens. Even if these remain the choices you get, maybe you get more money, I don't know. But take it again, make sure you've got the best best groundwork laid before you make this sort of... Also, just because you don't want to be the douchebag running around law school being like, I could have done better in the LSAT, but I chose not... No, because nobody nobody likes that guy. That's also true. And nobody believes that guy. So here, this is a simple one. Ohio State or UC Boulder? Not Ohio State. That was kind of what I said. (laughs) And and, and the thing is, they're both both equally good schools, really. It's uh, like ranked 30 and 37. There's no money issue because he's on a GI Bill. It's just Thank like, you for your service. Yeah, it's just like, where do you want to be? And I was like, I don't want to be around people who just talk about the Buckeyes all the time if I can avoid it, you <laughs> like, know? Not Ohio State. Like the, and Colorado's awesome. What are you going to do in Columbus? I mean, just no. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there probably are slightly better like job situations, maybe. It really is, is Cleveland that much of a better market than Denver? I really? Mean, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, is I, Cincinnati going to like blow Colorado Springs away? I, uh, yeah, no, I go to Colorado. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. All right. Um now, Hastings with a $35,000 scholarship. Okay. That renews every year. Still pretty expensive. Yeah, I mean it's it's every year, so that's really a nice That's you know, so it's locked in. It's locked in. All right. All of these are locked in. So Well, all are they think they're locked in. I mean, that's, I guess, you know, who knows. Yeah. So Hastings or USD 
Loyola or Pepperdine, all with comparable amounts of scholarship, actually a little bit more at the other three. Now, situation, wants to live and work in Southern California, gets more money there and those schools there, obviously not as good as Hastings on paper, but is it worth moving to Northern California and spending the extra money or staying in the market they're looking to work in? I think you stay in the market. I do too. I think you have good options. It's not like... It's not like you have bad options, right? It's not. Right. It's not like you. Uh, I was not going to Thomas Jefferson. You're, or something. you know, you're not going to Thomas Jefferson, right? You're you're not going to Arizona Summit. Yeah. Right. So it's not like you have bad options in Southern California, but just stay in your market. And it's Hastings is far away. Yeah. From Southern California, you can't easily hang out with network with people who might want to give you a job or might want to be your clients if you're all the way up there. So I think you absolutely stay in your market. Yeah, I agreed completely. Probably USD, but I don't know. Like they're all they're all so close. Yeah, yeah. I take at that point it becomes dealer's I mean, choice. It, 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 and if it's if the money's the same at all at all yeah. three of the Southern California ones, I, I kind of exa- exactly was about to say like I probably with no other information USD, but like wherever you feel more comfortable. If you really like the professor at Loyola, yeah. like that would be enough to exactly. tip the scale, right? Yeah, I agree. Harvard, NYU, and Penn, <laughs> with Penn giving a half ride. Nobody else really giving anything. Uh, this is a Canadian who ultimately wants to go into human rights work in Canada. Welcome, eh? Yeah. So, and also diversity is a big issue because uh, Asian descent wants to be in an area where there's, you know, was diversity it racist for me to give the A to the Canadian? Because then when you said diversity, I like made me feel bad for a second. No, Canadians can use A. That's right. fine. That's fine. Yeah. Because like if it was if you said it was a black student, I was like, welcome, yo. I would feel like. That would be totally racist. Well, you should. That would be totally racist. But welcome this, A is fine. This, however, is not. Good. Yeah. And, you know, with Dirty Canucks. Poor the Labats. Dirty Canucks, anyway. We're, we're in hockey season. <laughs> we can, we're in the hockey playoffs now. All bets are off. We're beating the Canadians right now. We are. So, Harvard, NYU, Penn, with the half ride at Penn. Because you know what I'm going to say. So, do you have anything to... Uh, HLS is kind of their dream since forever, but, you know, it's 200,000 plus in debt. I mean, saying, do you, do you, are you going to make a? Are you, are you going? Are you, Joe, yeah. going to make an argument for Penn? Yes, because that's the obvious answer. <laughs> like that, you're getting money at Penn. Penn is a elite school. It is actually higher ranked than the other two in our rankings for a reason. It is not higher ranked in the U.S. News rankings, but it's right there with them. You're trying to work in a nonprofit sector, so the idea of blowing a bunch of money that you don't have when you could be getting a half ride is that makes the deal. Yeah, so here's the thing, right? To me, there are only three schools that earn your full price, and it's Yale, HLS, and Stanford. Like, those three schools are just at a, a cut above. And one of the things that is different about them that, that no other school has is that when you go to one of those three schools, nobody really asks you ever again, why did you go to the law school you went to, right? It's just, it's, it's oh, everybody, oh, you went to a good school. It's taken off the top. It's baked into the price. When you're talking about doing human rights work, I totally understand your point that decreasing your debt load is important if you're going to want to do something that maybe is not going to pay the highest salary. However, if you're doing that work as well, it's sometimes good to be around all of the impossibly rich people that you are going to come in contact with at an HLS in a way that you're just that cut different impossibly rich people than you'll come in contact with at Penn or NYU. How often have your impossibly rich connections at HLS bailed you out? Oh, wait. I've got this job, right? Right, but 
but not through HLS connections. Sorry, anyway. kind of right. I mean, you know, like lat pulls. Like, why does lat pull my resume out of the pile? Like, that's the kind of thing that HLS gives you. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess HLS, Yale, yeah. NYU, Columbia, Western New England. What? No, <laughs> we don't. We don't hire necessarily on those grounds, and there's reason. I think that not anymore. I, and I <laughs> and look, I think that. We're dealing with, in the nonprofit world, our nonprofit, we used to have a nonprofit, we have columnists still, but we had a columnist who worked in the nonprofit sector who wrote about how most of the big movers and shakers in that field did not go to high-end law schools. And part of the reason is they didn't do that, didn't get debt, and then they thrived in this industry. We agree that the worst answer here is NYU at full price. Yes, and I mean, I went to NYU, and as you know, I have it tattooed across my back and everything. But no, uh, it, no, it's obviously the wrong answer. I mean, I obviously think that the best thing about this guy is that, or, or girl, is that she's dealing with with wonderful options, right? Like, yes. the, it's hard to it's hard to screw it up at that point. Um, I mean, it's easy to screw it up when you get there, and then you you know have too much cocaine and fail the bar. But assuming that you get on this train and you take it to its logical conclusion, you're dealing with relatively good options. Look, pen for half price is not, is in nobody's estimation, is pen for half price a bad deal. Yeah. I mean, so let me, this is not the actual decision, but let's hypothetical twist it a little bit. If it replace pen with, not to pick on them, but BU. Replace pen with BU. Now we have something to really talk about. We're like, yeah, you're not, you know, spending the extra money is probably worth it. Go to Harvard. You're dealing with another top ten school, kind of. So at that point, just take the money. I mean, you're really talking about paying fifty thousand dollars extra a year for the HLS stamp, right? In an industry that may or may not really care about those kinds of gradations. Yeah, again, it's, again, it's not like it's BU. And our public interest guy would have said, frankly, going to the BU or the UMass Dartmouth, for that matter, would probably be a better move for you in a public interest sphere because they don't care as much about prestige. But even if they did, there's not really a giant prestige trade-off. It's a pretty real stamp, though, yeah. Sure. I'm not sure if it's a stamp that's worth $100,000, but it's a pretty real stamp. Sure, but I mean, I, it's worth X, right? It might yeah. not be worth what it might. The delta might be too great in money between HLS and Penn. Agreed. But there is some delta where would it be justified? Look, I want to go into private practice for a while, ultimately with an eye towards government service, not as a public defender, but as you know, the sort of person who creates the awful situation where people need public defenders. I want to go <laughs> into that kind of work, and I want to be a. Uh, circuit court, at least a circuit court clerk, whatever. If these are the goals that are being talked about, then obviously paying the extra for Harvard is worth it. Here, that's not the discussion. I think you talked me into it. I think I think Penn, I think you talked me into it. Yeah. All right, good. Go Penn. Yeah, there we go. So actually I I actually recopied one of these, so that was the last one. Woo! We did ten, so it wasn't eleven. Woo! Uh, yeah. So there we go. Thank you everybody for sending things in. We need to do more of these. We'll we'll have a normal episode next, but we need to uh, think of some other things that people can write in to us about. I, I think, and I hope people um, who are listening notice that, 10 answers we gave, I think eight of them, we suggested the lower rank school. I think that might be right. One of the things people need to remember is that the, the U.S. News is just a listicle. If it was called the BuzzFeed listicle of top 200 law schools, people would pay it exactly the amount of respect it deserves. I think that's right. Our list, it's just a listicle. 
Um, you really have to adjust these things to your own personal situation. And you should never, ever, ever be in a situation where because one school is ranked a couple of spots higher than another school, that becomes your decision-making process. Yeah, I, that's absolutely true. I fully co-sign that. We'll have other things where we ask you to write in going forward. In the meantime, just go ahead and write us things. I mean, r- absurd stuff. We might talk about it. At L-E-N-Y-C. Yeah. Uh, at L-E-N-Y-C on Twitter for him, at Joseph Patrice on Twitter for me. For both of us, you can write us at our emails, which are Ellie at AboveTheLaw.com and Joe at AboveTheLaw.com. You should be listening to this show, subscribing to this show, giving reviews to this show, writing reviews to this show that like help the algorithms push it up and uh, make more people when they type in law in their search. It comes up <laughs> higher. Um, you should also get the Legal Talk Network app. That way you can listen to all the other offerings of Legal Talk Network, which are you know also very good. I mean, not as obviously as good as us, but you know they're, they're, they're trying, and that's, that's what really matters. Uh, no, but we are going to really give them a gentle ribbing there, mostly because we're not sure that they listen this far in. So with that said, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back soon. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.